Well, good morning, Good Shepherd. Whether you are live at our campus that's in Charlotte or whether you're live stream, I'm Talbot Davis. I'm the pastor here, and I'm always, always, always glad to be able to connect with you, however it is that you are connecting with us. And I'm especially glad to be able to connect with you on this, the very first Sunday of a brand new teaching series. It's called Room for Improvement. And over the next several weeks, we're going to be talking about improving your outlook and improving your surroundings, improving your finances and ultimately we wind up at at something called needs no improvement today. Today, it's called improving your prayer. And if you have your Bible to help us launch into that message about improving your prayer, if you have your Bible, I want to invite you to to locate in your Bible the, the letter to the Romans, the New Testament book of Romans, chapter 8 and verses 25 and 26. Some of you may have a Bible that looks like a book. It's like mine, and you can find it that way. If your Bible is loaded on your phone, which I know a lot of you do, just scroll to Romans chapter 8, verses 25 and 26. And and if you're like, oh my goodness, I I didn't bring my Bible with me. I thought this was a church or something. I didn't bring my Bible. And and, and I, I have that Bible app somewhere on my phone, but I lost it in the middle of all my other apps. What am I going to do? And the good news is at just the right time, the words will be up on the screen as they are whenever we gather. And we go to those links, we make those assurances, because I don't know if you know this about Good Shepherd, some of you do and others of you don't, but we don't worship the Bible here, but we do love it. And the reason we love the Bible is because we're convinced that in loving the Bible, we're better able to adore the Savior. And that really is what this church is all about, helping people increase their capacity to give all their adoration and all their devotion to our Savior, who is Jesus. So we don't worship it, but we love the biblical library because we know that it helps us adore the Bible Savior, who is Jesus. And out of that conviction that at this church, we believe the Bible is inspired and eternal and true, We do something a little unusual when we're talking about the Bible, and some of you are beating me to the punch, and I love you for it. We lift it up, and and if you've never been here before, you've never tuned in before, and you look around the room or on the screen, and there's phones in the air and Bibles in the air, and you're just like, this is a little bit strange. Guess what? It is. We admit, we don't try to pretend it's not strange, but here's what we've discovered. We've discovered at this church that this is a moment of oddity that shapes our identity as a community, that we're a collection of people and we don't have life figured out, but we know who does. And we are joyfully surrendered to his authority as expressed in his word. Amen. Amen. And so before I say another word, let's pray. So thank you, Lord. I thank you for the Holy Spirit who breathed life and truth into Paul when he wrote his letter to the Romans. Thank you for the way the Holy Spirit inspired the rest of Scripture. Thank you that the Holy Spirit is still moving in our midst even today. So fill me from the bottom of my feet to the very top of my head with everything that is good and right and filled with joy about the Holy Spirit of God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So we are uh, starting this new message series today. It's called Room for Improvement. And the series starts out with a message called Improving Your Prayer. And, and so, and this is not a trick question, today I am more than likely to be talking about 
you got now at nine o'clock, I think they actually got that better. So I, I am talking today about, Bread. yeah, and it's so interesting to be a person like me standing in a place like this talking about a subject like prayer because I know that there are already so many different reactions and responses in the room live and in, on the live stream as well because some of you, prayer, prayer is like the air that you breathe and you are so eager for what is getting ready to, to come next. You're, you're like, teach me more, pastor. Take me deeper, preacher. Take it to the limit, Rev. You just want more. You got it. You got it. You just want more because prayer is so rich and deep. And you figure that even though you, prayer already means almost everything to you, even you, because you've got some self-awareness, even you have some room for improvement in your prayer. And then others of you, you know, that's that one group and you're eager. Others of you, you're not. You're not eager. Because you, you do believe, but you don't really pray. I mean, your kids are little, and so mornings are shot. And your job's exhausting, and so evenings are shot. And the free time that you do have, you spend binge watching Netflix or checking your social media account. And all in all, even though you do believe mostly, you do pray only rarely, if at all. And you hear me announce this is the topic for today that I'm talking about prayer. And you're already bracing yourself. You're stealing yourself against the guilt trip that you are sure I am fixing to take you on. Because you think at the end of the guilt trip, I'm just going to take you by the shoulders and I'm going to say, pray more, will you? And then others of you, there's a third group of you, and you're sort of in between the, the, the first two. You, you pray sometimes, but frankly, it, it feels more like, I don't know, a ritual, a routine, a, a series of of words, you, you might have the form of prayer down, but you don't really feel like you have the power of prayer down. And somewhere along the way, you, you learn the, the Lord's Prayer. And you, you sure were impressed with that little kid who was reciting the Lord's Prayer at church one day. And he goes, our Father, who art in heaven, how do you know my name? And, and <laughs> or maybe others of you, you grew up in a... Catholic tradition and you, you know the Hail Marys and when things really get hairy in your life, you know to pull out the Hail Marys and you recite those. So you pray some, but it mostly feels like a performance. It deeply feels like a routine. And as far as the warm fuzzies that you hear people talk about, or as far as the deep connection with the superpower who is at the super center of the universe, nah, that's not been your prayer experience. And then there's one other group, which is sort of a, a, a mishmash of the, of the two groups that, that I have just mentioned. And, and you're the, the group, and, and you don't really pray until praying is all you do. That whatever prayer routine you have, it is when the crisis hits. You don't pray until the rent's due. And, until the kid gets arrested until you get the pink slip, until the doctor says cancer, COVID, 
Whatever routine you have for prayer, it is built on crisis and crisis alone. And so wherever you are on that spectrum that I've just laid out, you just want more, teach me more, pastor, I love to pray, but I can still do more. Ah, I know you're getting ready to make me feel really guilty for not doing more. And then you really pray a lot when things get really difficult. Wherever you are on that continuum. I just want you to know that the verses that we are going to look at today and the thing that we will finish with today, I am so confident. I, I'm, I'm so eager. I've been looking forward to this for a long, long, long time this particular Sunday because I know that what we're going to share with you today has the opportunity to make an enormous difference today and for sure has the possibility, has the potential, has the certainty to dramatically alter the trajectory of your prayer life starting tomorrow. I know that will happen. Because what we're looking at today is a couplet of verses from what is called Romans chapter eight. And, and you may or may not know this, but the, the book of Romans is actually a letter and a letter written about 30 years after Jesus died and rose again. And it was written by a real man, Paul, pastor, missionary, author, to a real church, in a real city, the city of Rome, and that real church was made up of people going like you, people with real stuff and real drama and real issues. And in the section of the letter that we have is chapter eight, Paul has spent an enormous amount of time listing for the people in the church at Rome all the benefits that come from what we would call a living relationship with Jesus Christ. And then in this little couplet of verses, what we have is verses 25 and 26 that we're fixing to look at. He moves to the, to the topic of prayer. And when he moves to prayer, really this section of the letter, it, it kind of moves from the, from the mundane to the miraculous and maybe even to the ridiculous, depending on how it is that you look at things. And, and really, he, he goes from sort of the ordinary to the, to the weird in this little couple of verses. But that's okay, because whenever we at this church, we come across a section of the Bible that seems kind of weird or outlandish, we're good with it because we've already had the moment of oddity that shapes our identity as a community, right? So, so look how it all starts. Verse 25, Paul says this, but if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. You might want to underline or circle that word patiently. We, uh, we, we wait for it patiently, which lets us know that, that whatever Paul is going to in the topic of prayer, it's going to have its roots because patience, sort of by definition, patience implies, I don't know, consistency, routine, everyday, predictable, so wherever Paul is going on this topic of prayer, it has its foundations, it de its deep foundations in what is in fact mundane, what is in fact a process. Because he uses this word patience, it, it is certainly he's implying wherever you go in prayer, people, wherever you go in prayer, there's gonna be some tenacity you need in the face of the inevitable disappointments that come. Because any of you who have prayed for anything, uh, for any length of time in your life, or you've been walking with Jesus for any time in your life, you know, there's a lot of disappointment when it comes to prayer. 
And so Paul says here at the beginning, there's gonna be tenacity in this. There's there's gonna be some sort of predictability and consistency, which makes where he goes next all the more remarkable. But by by starting out this little couplet, almost by downplaying our expectations, where he goes next is just stunning. Because look what happens in verse 26. In the same way, the spirit helps us in our weakness. And now you know why before I begin a message, if you've been here before, why every time I, before I begin a message, I pray for the help and the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit of God. The Spirit helps us in our weakness. And then he goes on. We do not know what we ought to pray for. And I'm like, you think? I mean, what, what do we, do, do we pray for world peace? Do we pray for the Panthers to win today? Do, do we pray for your house to sell? Do, you, do we pray for your neighbor's house to sell so you'll get new neighbors? <laughs> do we pray for that family member to come to faith? We, we have a lot of uncertainty uh, around how to pray and, and even a deeper level of uncertainty on what are the topics we ought to be or we get to be praying for. So we don't know what we ought to pray for and look, look, Look how Paul finishes this thought. But the spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. The spirit himself, we don't know what we ought to pray for. We run out of words. We run out of topics. And that's when the spirit of God takes over and begins to do this weird sounding thing of praying through us. And the result is these sort of wordless groans or groans that words cannot express. And here's what's going on, good shepherd. I don't, I don't, first of all, I don't know how many of you have said yes to Jesus. I hope it's a lot of you. If you haven't yet, man, today's a great day to do that. But for those of you who who have said yes to Jesus, that, that what goes on, there comes a time, good shepherd, when you stop being the source of prayer and you start being the conduit for it. You, you, you stop creating prayer and you start receiving prayer and the Holy Spirit of God actually prays through you. It is a moment in which there is spirit-to-spirit communication, your spirit communicating with God's Holy Spirit without a whole lot of brain waves in between messing the signals up. And it is glorious. When you have a Romans 8:26 kind of moment when you know that you're out of the way and the spirit is praying through you, your spirit to God's spirit, no brainwaves in between. It's like, ah, all my doubts that I've had about God's existence vanish because I'm feeling him right now. All my lack of confidence about my own standing or my own assurance, they're gone as well because I now know who I am in the face of Jesus Christ because the Spirit is praying through me. And I've always believed, Good Shepherd, always believed that these verses, this verse includes but is not limited to something that you may have heard of before, which is called praying in tongues or, or a prayer language which is something that a lot of, you might be sitting next to at Good Shepherd Church, you might be sitting next to someone who prays in tongues. We, we have a lot of people 
including your preacher. And this is part of the way that God has used us in prayer. It, it, is, it, is, it is sort of this supernatural, miraculous, unpredictable encounter. But remember, Good Shepherd, we believe in this church in CIE, context is everything. And when I think about how Romans 8, 26 ends, woo, groans that words cannot express, a new kind of language beyond your comprehension and, and learning, but a deep connection with God. And I contrast it with how it begins, with patience, we gotta wait for it. Patience, we gotta wait for it. I realize all of a sudden, how brilliant Paul is because it's so clear that the miracle has its origins in the mundane. That the breakthrough has its foundations in the consistency. That, that any sort of supernatural moment is always birthed out of this lengthy process. And so here's what I want you to know, all of you at Good Shepherd who would like some improvement in your prayer, which is in fact all of you, it's this, your prayer routine prevents routine prayer. Having a prayer routine, having the predictable, almost boring. I mean, who wants a prayer routine? That sounds boring. Yes, it can be. But having that routine, having that foundation, having the mundane is the fertile soil for the miraculous, for the breakthrough, for the supernatural. See, so many people, they come to my office all the, the time and I'm like, oh, just give me the, minute, the breakthrough, give me the healing, give me the miracle. And I'm like, well, have you been to your recovery meeting? Have, have you been in a life group? Just make me stop drinking, make me stop. Well, you know, recovery is not one giant leap. It's 12 small steps. And if what I'm talking about, that your, 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 your whatever breakthrough is built on this foundation of consistency, if that is true for sports or IT or law school, it is even more true for this glorious subject of prayer, that your prayer routine prevents routine prayer. Maybe, maybe what I'm talking about is like the grandfather who had his granddaughter over to spend the night one night and as he walked past her room as she was getting ready for bed he heard her reciting the alphabet in this sort of oddly reverent way a b c don't worry i'm not going to go all of the way to z c and he, he pops his head in and he says, what, what in the world are you doing? And she says, I'm praying my prayers, granddad. But I didn't know what to pray for. So I just decided to give all my letters to God and trust him to put it all together because he knows what prayers I need to pray anyway. From the tongues of angels to the mouths of babes, your prayer routine prevents routine prayer. And I guess in, in, in my own time of, of faith, of, of saying yes to Jesus and walking to Jesus, which has not been my whole life, I've had a number of different seasons of what these prayer routines look like. 
When I first became a Christian when I was 17, it was always at night, because what 17-year-old can get up in the morning and pray? Always at night, and I always had a list. And this was long enough ago when I was 17 that my list always included, near the top, the release of the hostages in Iran. And, and they got, they were, that prayer was answered, amen? And if you don't know what the hostages in Iran, well, I, 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 I can't help in, in, that, in that case. But so there was always at night and, and always that, that list. And then, and then a little bit later, the next season of my life and, and prayer routine, it always involved posture because I, I figured that what you do with your body has everything to do with what happens in prayer. And so I would have posture of, of, of pointing my palms up to God or lifting a hand to God or flat on my face before God or kneeling at the bed before God or prostrate or lying on my back and, and breathing deeply. Whatever I was doing with my body, that was kind of at the center of how I was praying. And then there was then, then sort of the next season for my prayer routine. I, I always had to pray with praise music playing. Like I could not pray if I wasn't listening to how our God is an awesome God, or I, I couldn't pray w- without, Lord, I lift your name on high. Would this just let you know that prayer season was peak 90s, wasn't it? Can, can we have an amen for peak 90s praise music? <laughs> And then, then there's, there's another prayer routine season of, of not. I mean, I was a pastor. I, I was your pastor. And I had a prayer group that met one morning a week, but somehow I got it in my mind that one morning in a week in a group with a group compensated for all the other six days of the week that it was not at all, not with anybody. And so that non-prayer routine led to non-breakthrough. You catch it? When, when you don't have the consistency, when you're too cool for the process, don't expect the breakthrough. Don't expect the miracle. And fortunately, that non-routine season was only temporary because a few years ago, kind of at the, as a suggestion of, of someone I know, uh, I decided to start writing my prayers. And, and initially I was like, oh, writing prayers, that, that's like fake prayer. That's like sherbet when you want ice cream. That's just not the real <laughs> Salisbury steak when you want filet steak. It's not the real thing. And and then I, then, I, then I realized, oh, my goodness, there's only like 150 at least written prayers that are in the Bible. It's called the book of Psalms. And so I realized if, it, if it's good enough for the people who wrote the Bible, it's probably good enough for me. So I got some notebooks and I got some pens and I began very faithfully writing my prayers every day, seven days a week, not just one day a week. And oh, I also stopped subscribing to the newspaper Hallelujah. And I started doing all this, combining it with Bible readings and doing it always before I check the news or before I check social media or before I check news about social media, always the first thing that I would do in the morning, there'd be the scripture and there'd be those written prayers every day. And some, as some of you know, the, the scripture and the prayer part, it led to these things that we call around here reading prompts, which now reach more than 1,200 people every single day of the week and have led to these... Have, 
and, and, and it's led, it, it has led to these publishing opportunities, which sort of came out of nowhere and seemed literally to have no end. And in my world, and for what's important to me, that's miraculous. That's supernatural. But what I want you to see, it's not about that. What I want you to see, it's all had its origins. It's all was birthed in the foundation of the mundane. Of the, I'm going to get up really early in the morning and I'm going to stop reading the newspaper and I'm going to open up scripture. I'm going to give God my very first moments of the day. Your prayer routine prevents routine prayer. Because here's, here, here's really what I want to prevent. A, a lot of us regard prayer as something like a AAA card. Now, I love AAA, but I can guarantee you, nobody within the sound of my voice, live or live stream, woke up this morning and said, Woo, I hope I have to call AAA today. That'll just make it a great day. But that just doesn't happen. You, you, you call AAA where there is a crisis. And that's the way it is for a whole lot of people. You don't pray and you don't pray and you don't pray. And then boom, all you do is pray. And the problem with that is that prayer doesn't mold you. It only rescues you. And God has more in mind for you. And God has more in mind for me than that. He wants to use this prayer, not just to rescue us, not just to help us manage our crises. He wants to use that prayer to mold us, to help us prevent those crises before that. If you'd like a life with less crisis management and more crisis prevention, would you say amen today? God wants to mold us into that kind of faith and that kind of life. Prayer, your prayer routine prevents routine prayer. So whatever kind of person you are, however you're wired, I, I just invite you very specifically to resolve today that beginning later today or more likely beginning tomorrow, I'm going to start that prayer routine. Some of you who are list makers, make a list. Pray through it even tomorrow. Others of you who are calendar keepers, I love this. Don't just look at your calendar every morning. Pray through your calendar. It totally transforms your day to pray over every appointment and every engagement and every encounter. You don't just look through that calendar. You pray through that calendar. And here, here is the, here's the resource, the tool that we want to give to you that, that start, starting tomorrow, we'd like to have, I mentioned that, that there are already over 1,200 people who get our daily reading prompts. It's called Come Alive Daily. And if you, you can even go to our website now. It's gscharlotte.org slash email. And when you get to that email page, you scroll down. It's not hard. You scroll down to daily reading prompts. And you click on that, all we need is your email and your social security and your annual salary. No, no, no. All we need is your name and your email and you hit submit and boom, I guarantee you that at 5 a.m. Eastern time tomorrow, because it's already written and it's already scheduled, we sped through the end of the book of Nehemiah last week because I was like, there's a whole bunch of new cool people who are going to be joining us today on the 16th. 
And tomorrow, we're going to begin the book of Romans. Hello? It's almost like it's all connected or something. We're, we're, we're going to begin the letter to the church at Rome. And, and get this, for those of you, those of you who you've tried to read the Bible before, but you open it up and oh, this doesn't make any sense. This is a, a, a different world. I'm not getting anything out of this. What these reading prompts do is they're a guide to give you the backstory to the story that you're reading. And it is like having someone you know give you just a little bit of insight and a little bit of the story so that you can get a lot more out of the scripture. And we don't speed, root through, speed read through the biblical books. We, we take a slow read and we savor small morsels each day. So this coming week, we're going to spend just a lot of time just on the first 16 verses of the book of Romans. You're going to see what letters are all about. And all of that, will advance and will fuel your prayer life. So you go ahead and you sign up for that today and we'll just shoot through. We'll, we will expand the reach and the impact of this church immeasurably. Your prayer routine prevents routine prayers. And I believe in this stuff. Not just because I've lived it, because I've seen it. I want you to listen to what a friend of mine named Brian had to say in a note to me about a year and a half ago. Joining the community of Come Alive Daily has changed my life over the last few months. My story is similar to the one you often describe. I would start reading my news feed as soon as I woke up and then quickly move into checking emails and getting my workday started. At the end of my day, I'd check in with God and I'd give him what I had left, which wasn't very much sad looking back on it. What a difference now. I start my day focused on God and ready to learn from his word. Giving God my first minutes of the day fully charges my battery. My prayer life has gone from checking in to change my life and lead me. That's why ministry is worth it, people. Here's an example from yesterday. I tested positive for COVID on February 27th, 2021. I was lucky with only mild symptoms, including losing my sense of smell and taste. But then for four straight days, I woke up with hives and my lips swelled up. I had to go to the ER and I wasn't sure of if I would even get better. After one more frantic day of battling hives and trying to work, I decided to begin the day with Come Alive Daily and Matthew 7, which is where we were a year and a half ago. Wow, I couldn't believe the timing for me. I had been battling COVID and hives, and not once did I pray for healing. Why not? I immediately lifted up my situation to God with a smile, and then this morning woke up hive-free. What a relief. What a lesson for me. How awesome is our God that he delights in answering our prayers. True for Brian. May it be true for you. Let's pray. God, thank you that you give us the fertile soil of every day in which you want to deeply plant what is miraculous, supernatural, and unpredictable. Would you do that in this community and then through this community, even today? 
In the strong and saving name of Jesus, we pray.